foam tikes, tiny tikes and tikes. Awesome. Why don't you come in my mobile, please? Why don't you take your seats? Awesome. Hey, can I just quickly get everybody's attention? I need you, uh, I need a little bit of help from the room as I quickly organise my announcements. We're going to do this in fast forward because I have been texted and we'll be streaming very, very soon. And I want to be ready to welcome our family in the East. Uh, So what I want to quickly do is when we welcome them, I want to give them a rowdy hand of applause to welcome them in the room. So you've got to remember they're watching you. So if it's like, hey, I want to welcome our East Campus, it's like, yay, we love you. It's going to be like, not great. So can we have a quick practice when we welcome them in? It's going to be like, I'd like to welcome our Uni Hill family from the East. Can we welcome them? Oh, that's brilliant. That, that's really good. That's really good. Dave, that's really high. Work on that. That's good. Whoa. Praise God. So we're going to move really quickly through our church life this morning. Um, as you guys prepare to give, and I want to thank uh, all of you who, who return your tithe and, and, and give your tithe back to God. I'm so grateful for your generosity uh, and your honouring. Uh, to our Heavenly Father. Uh, We do use it to uh, engage community and also to help run the life of our church. So I just want to thank you. And, And Lord, right now, I just pray for every person in this place. Lord, whether they give by means online or through the credit card slips or or in the containers today, Lord, bless them as they give back to you, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. On the left-hand side, there are containers. I want to encourage you to give joyfully as we give to our God. Uh, Fantastic. A couple of things happening in the life of our church. 29th of September is our 5 p.m. service. The last 5 p.m. service was unreal. I want to encourage you that that is another opportunity to come to church. It is a service that is available to everybody, but we muck around way more. And we have a heap, well, I muck around all the time, really. But we, it is a phenomenal service. It's 5 p.m. This is my desire. This is how God spoke to me. When we used to have the 9 a.m. service at the East and then the 10 a.m. service here, when you were all worshipping, I was in commute. And I was driving past all of these football crowds and soccer crowds. And I was thinking, Lord, all these people should be in church. But I can't, I can't put church because I want them to do community outside of church so that everyone could come to know Jesus. So you know what? That's why the 5 p.m. service is so important. Because you know what the 5 p.m. service, it creates an opportunity for footballing families, for shift working families, for people who are out on a Saturday evening to still engage with God. So I wanna encourage you, come along. It is a heap of fun. I can't remember who's preaching, but they'll be really good. So come, 29th of September. 
Also coming up on the 19th of October, we have our National Women's Conference at uh, the church at 1330 in Scoresby. It's called Soul Sisters, um, which is a cool name. Um, so I wanna encourage every uh, female in the life of our church. This is a great opportunity to be ministered to uh, on a relevant level. I'm really excited. We will be buying bulk tickets. And if Clarissa could stand up, our women's leader, please go and see Clarissa. Uh, if you need any information, gee whiz, I hope the welcome for Box Hills up a little bit, but let's keep the energy up, people. Now, I know that um, I am sure I am being looked at now. Um, so I'll look at Andrew and I'll wait for the thumbs up and we're about to start streaming. Hey, let's pray right now. Lord, we pray nothing goes wrong. And Lord, if something goes wrong, help Pastor Nathan to have a sermon off the cuff. Hallelujah. It's in him, Lord. Help him to stall whatever he's got to do. Father, everything but heresy, we pray. Lord, in Jesus' name. And I have a thumbs up. Hey, how exciting. I would like to um, welcome, for the very first time in Unihill Church's history, just want to explain that we are actually a church that is in one church in two different locations. And for the very first time ever, we have our Box Hill, our East family, uh, Skyping or streaming in for the first time. So can we welcome them as a community? We love you. Awesome. Praise God, praise God. Hey, I just want to thank, I really do want to thank the Uni Hill East community. Uh, it is just incredible how uh, excited you guys are to be able to uh, roll with what we're doing here as a family. And uh, we wanna just encourage you by saying you are in the room with us today. Uh, just, this is one church, you're just in a separate location, but uh, we're believing for God to move here this morning and with you. So we are so grateful. Um, I wanna uh, honour Pastor Nathan uh, for all the work that he's gonna be doing there as if something goes wrong, um, just have morning tea early and, um, and uh, uh, take up the offering at the end. It'll be a fantastic day. Uh, but we love you. You are a part of us. We are one church in two rooms. Uh, we have a very exciting service. I love, I love Missions Giving. Um, I have travelled really for the first time uh, this year to a couple of nations. And I tell you what, I am grateful uh, that we live in Australia uh, for the, the abundance that God gives us. Uh, looking at Vanuatu, looking at areas of the Philippines, uh, it is incredible uh, of the blessing that we have uh, to be able to live in this nation. And we have a very special guest uh, speaker today. Uh, it is Vincent Borromeo, and let's give him a hand and honour him. We love you, Vince. Uh, Vince is uh, the uh, National Director of Youth Alive Italia. He is an incredible man of God. Uh, he has uh, been serving there for well over a decade. Uh, he has raised up six teams that serve faithfully. And Vince is actually Unihill's longest uh, missions partner. But uh, we introduce you today, Vince, not as, not as a missions partner, but as part of our family. Uh, we love you. We pray for you on a regular basis. And I, I truly wanna honour you for partnering with us. Because I wanna let you know, church, that what Vincent is doing in Italy will not only impact 
the generation that has gone after him, but for many, many, many generations to come. Vince is actually being part of shaping the culture of what it is to engage people and what it is to do church in in Europe. And and it's going to be incredible. We will talk about Vince for many years to come for what God has done through Vince and his team. Um, so I don't do it this often, um, but, but I really want to honour Vince uh, and, and Pastor Greg as they come together. Could we stand and honour Vince as he comes to bring the Word of God to get today? Fantastic. Why don't you take your seats? We've just come out of our, uh, our children's program and um, what happened over there is we had some red noses out. So Vince, where's your red nose? Because I know you carry one in your pocket. He carries one in his pocket 24-7. Don't you, Vince? There you go. Which red nose is better, his or mine? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, yours has a different shape to mine. So for those of you who follow him on Facebook, you actually see him wearing his red nose regularly. And um, you're very engaging. I mean, the kids loved you um, just then. So it's been 12 months since you've been here. And really, last year when you came here was your very first trip. And so tell us a little bit about some of the things that have happened since the last 12 months. Because I know you're in a state of transition and you've got some really good opportunities as a ministry at Youth Alive Italy. For the last 14 years up to coming to, to visit you guys... I used to think, what am I doing in Italy? I haven't built anything. I haven't left a monument. I haven't bought a church. I haven't hired out a hall. What am I doing? And then I arrive at Uni Hill, and something says to me, you're doing what Uni Hill is doing, and that is to invest in another generation. So I was, when I left last September, went back to uh, Italy, I went back totally different encouraged, inspired, and challenged to carry on the work that we're doing, we have been doing for the last 15 years. So what we are doing, what we are doing, in the, what has happened in the last 12 months is that we uh, get handed over keys to a venue in Taranto, where I'm at the moment, to open up a uh, youth drop-in center. We've had uh, Catholic organ- organizations contacting us, saying we would like you guys to do an event for us, put an event together for us, bring your own uh, speaker, bring your own band, find your own That's venue, amazing. invite anybody you want, and we will turn up with our young people and we will make sure that the event will be covered totally. That's amazing. That's what's yeah, happened. The two major things that have happened in the last in the last 12 months. The third thing that's happened in the last 12 months is that we've opened a new team up. Well, we've started to uh, build up a team in Sicily. So we're looking yeah. at having Any an Sicilians event. in the house? Any Sicilians are at East Campus? Yes, there's an a An event not too far off. We should be having an event in Sicily. Next year, 2020, 20. Yeah, 20. Uh, we will be having our first Youth Alive event with a, the Catholic organization in Naples. So it's amazing. This is what's been happening in the last 12 months. Now, Vince, you, you're working in a country that's not your own. You were born in England and, and you've pastored in Adelaide in Australia. But, you know, for the last nearly 15 years, you've been living in Italy. So you're serving a country that's not your own. You're, 
you're raising up a generation that's not your age group and you have a vision that's actually probably not going to be fully realised in your lifetime. What, what keeps you going in terms of, you know, those three elements? Because you certainly have a, a conviction and a determination that, that we've witnessed personally. What keeps you going? I love where I am. I love the people that I'm serving. I love the inheritance that my, le- my parents have left me. Mm, parents are good. Italians. I love what God has called me to do, and that's to serve young people and invest in their lives and encourage them, inspire them, and challenge them to make a difference for their own country. That's amazing. Now, I know that the Lord has put a word on your heart for us today, so I'm going to hand over to you right now. Will you bring us the word of God and minister into our lives as a, as a community, as a church, and may the Lord bless you as you bring the word to us. Let's give him a hand. This morning, um, the worst nightmare that any uh, visiting minister could have, and that is at the last minute, the sermon changes. (laughs) And I'm telling you guys, please just smile and say hallelujah and amen at the right time. (laughs) And before before I... quickly go into what I want to share. I really want to thank Pastor Charles, Pastor Greg, Sue, and all the team here and my family for allowing me to be here today. Thank you. And thank you for believing in my team in what they're doing in Italy. And I just want to bless you and thank you on behalf of You for Life Italia. I thank you. God bless you. Pastor Nathan, God bless you. If you need a sermon, any sermon points, I could send them off to you. The sermon that was supposed to be preaching this morning. So here we go. It's a, bit, a little bit of a challenge because this is my second time that I'm going to be preaching in English in the last 22 years. So if there's anything that sounds not very English, just pretend that you know what it means. I've made it up. So here we go, very quickly. I do believe in restoring, raising up, and releasing. So this is one of the reasons that Uni Hill and Youth Alive Italia have joined partnership, because we believe that God will use anyone that surrenders their lives totally over to Him. We all have issues. Believe it or not, I have major issues. Look, I'm chubby. I don't know how to stop eating pizza and pasta. And everything else is good. I have issues, but I do have issues. And one of my issues is that sometimes I think I've got nothing to say. So this morning, I'm challenging myself to just feel at home and share what God has put onto my heart. So... The text is taken from John, and I'm going to be trying to confuse you a little. So taking stuff out of context, but trying to conclude something. So if there's any heresies that are said this morning, wait for me outside the door. Line up. So as I go past, you can give me a clip around the ear roll and say, no, mate, that's wrong. So in John chapter 5, verse 6, Jesus comes to the pool called Bethesda, and knowing that there is someone that's been ill for many years, he looks at him, 
the paralyzed guy, and he says, do you want to be made whole? That is really, really strange. Jesus, knowing that this man has been ill for many years, he says, do you want to be made whole? It's like saying to the English, I don't know in Australia if we use the queuing up. Do we queue up in it? Great stuff, because in Italy, they don't even know what queuing up means. So it's like, say, it's like an Italian saying to the English that are queuing up for the lift, have you pressed the button? Same thing. Weird. So Jesus says, do you want to be made whole? And my question is to each one of us, including me, is do I want to be made whole? Do I want to experience life in abundance? Do I want to experience the shalom yes, to be complete, to be whole, to be, uh, to be powerful in what we are? Do I want it? Because a lot of us Italians love to be treated like cats. You know the cats? Most of you have got dogs. I know that in Australia they used to shoot the cats and hang them up on the trees. In the old days, we would never do that today. So, yes, that's how old I am. <laughs> so yeah, they like to be stroked. A lot of Italian people, they love to live in the mess that they are every day, but they just love people saying, poor you, poor you, poor you, or like the prisoners who just want the visit from the local pastor. They want to stay in their cell, but just want the visit. So do you, Vincent, want to be made whole? Do you want to be healed? See, a lot of stuff that comes along in our lives is not in our control. Oh, I'm really sorry about the mess I've made. I'm really sorry, Pastor Charles. I'm really sorry. <laughs> So a lot, of stuff that, a lot of stuff that happens in our lives is not in our control. But it depends on us on how we react to the stuff that comes into the, our lives. And because I've been on my own for many years, and I've been on my own in the, in the mission field, everywhere I've been and traveled, I've been on my own. So I haven't had the input like I've had in the last few years that Uni Hill has encouraged me to grow out of all my own insecurities, my issues and whatever. So uh, we need to be part of a family if we want to overcome our difficulties. And family is this, what we do here. Family is coming together, loving each other, inspiring each other, encouraging each other. We belong to a family that accepts us for not what we do, but for who we become in Christ. So I want to be sharing some stuff from uh, Luke chapter 8 in regards to the guy that was demon-possessed. When Jesus came over in his boat, landed, a demon-possessed man presented himself to Jesus. So here is where the confusion comes. So John chapter 5 verse 6 says, Do you want to be made whole? So we take that out, the question, and now we try and find how we can become whole, how we may be healed, how we may be complete through the story of the demon-possessed man. We know the story. He presents himself to Jesus, screaming at the top of his head, saying, yeah, and everything else. He gets delivered, and then there's a process. Things need to happen. 
If we want to be made whole, complete, and live a life that's exuberant and is fulfilled, we need to take on responsibilities. Healing comes with us taking our responsibilities. A lot of us are Italians, and I say us Italians, even though I'm not totally Italian. I go around in a kilt, so people say to me, oh, you're not Italian. <laughs> no, I'm not Italian. So anyway, a lot of us, <laughs> we, a lot of us say, we want healing, we want this, we want freedom, we want this, we want the other, but we don't take on our responsibilities to be able to come through and become free and live life to its fullness. So here we go, and I'll try very quickly to share what I eat, what's on my heart. To be whole, to be healed, to be complete, to live life to the full, I need to take on the responsibilities of becoming a disciple. So in, in verse 35 of Luke chapter 8, we find this man no longer running around in running around in the graveyards. We don't find him any longer in chains. We don't find him screaming at the top of his voice. We don't find him naked. Verse 35 says, we find him seated at the feet of Jesus. And my responsibility as a Christian who needs to be made whole, it's a daily process. It's not instantly. I need to learn to become a disciple. I need to learn to sit at his feet, get to know the heart of the master. I need to learn to hear his voice and to recognize his voice. I need to learn to know who I am in him. I need to know him. I need to experience him. I need to fellowship with him because in knowing him, in fellowshipping with him, I find my identity, but I need to become a disciple. There's a lot of us who like all the good things about coming to church, belonging to a family, who love fellowship, who love food, who love singing, who love laughing, who love this and love the other. But we need to know him. We need to know this Jesus that we proclaim. We need to know what's his plans for our lives. But we can only do this when I decide. I'm sorry for the people in the front row. You're getting a shower. I'm really sorry. Because I tell you what, man, by the end of the day, you're all going to have to go home and have a good shower. So I need to know him. The responsibility of deciding that I'm going to become a disciple. And becoming a disciple does not mean that I have to become a monk or a nun. Or I have to become somebody religious. It does not mean that I become all of a sudden somebody super spiritual and hallelujah and amen. It means that this is me, Lord. And I want you to move in my life. I want you to make a difference in my life. And I'm dedicating my time, my life into your hands. And I want to follow you. So my responsibility as the guy that sits at the pool saying, yes, I want to be made whole. Well then, Vincent, become my disciple. 
A lot of issues that we are experiencing today in minor in Italy, where I am serving, is that young people are not trained up. Young people are not discipled. Young people are not taught what God wants us to know. Young people have no idea where they're heading in their calling because they don't know what it means to become a disciple. So if we want life in abundance, we want to experience to be whole, made whole, experience healing in our daily living, I need to take on that responsibility and get to know him. We don't only find him seated at the feet of Jesus. In verse 35, it says, we find him seated at the feet of Jesus, but dressed, no longer naked. The resp- I need to take on the responsibility of being accepted. If I turned up this morning in my kilt, I would have ruffled somebody's hairstyle. Not my own, because you, as you can see. But somebody's hairstyle would have been ruffled. Oh, he's wearing a skirt. No, a kilt. So me coming, turning up, wearing a kilt would have caused people to maybe, I know it doesn't happen here, but it does in Italy, they step back a bit and think, hmm, do I really want to have anything to do with him? And in in our hurts, in our not being whole, being healed, not being fulfilled, sometimes... Without really knowing, we act in a way where we push people away instead of drawing people close to us. As I was growing up in London, my father died when I was 15 years old. My grandparents used to beat me up with a metal spoon because we were not Catholics, we were evangelicals. We were rejected by our family. My cousins, they walked away from us. And because of being hurt and I... And I was very, very timid and very closed. And I I cried for many years after my father's death because I never had the opportunity of telling my father that I loved him. We start to act in a way that we push people away from us because of our hurts. But at the same time, we're wanting people to love us. I decided I wanted to be a punk. You know the punks? I don't know if in Australia we have punks. Well, I was a punk. Nails through the nose, through the ears, nice hairstyle, nice colors, nice clothes, you know, blah, 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 all the rest. My mum had a fit when she saw me first turn up at the door dressed as a punk. She had a fit. She got the wooden spoon out and she started on me. What's happening to you? That was me saying I need attention. So I need to take on the responsibility of allowing people to accept me. In our hurts, sometimes we act in a way opposite to what we really want. And as a family, as a community of restoring, raising up and releasing, we need to invest in the people that God brings into our family. We need to love them, accept them, believe in them. We make disciples out of them. We try to, res- we restore them. We bring restoring into their lives by 
loving them, accepting them. I know in, my, in the culture that I work in, it's very judgmental. They judge by appearance. They judge because you've got no hair. They judge because you're single. They judge because you're a certain age. They judge because you have an accent. They judge because you don't always fit in into the way that they think things should be done. But family doesn't do that. Family loves and accepts and encourages because we believe that God has called each one of us into his kingdom that we can make a difference for someone else. So we need to take on the responsibility of maybe thinking, wait a minute here, instead of me coming to church in a kill, I'll come into church with my pants. You say pants, yeah? Pants, pants. I'll come to church in my pants. That's right. In the UK, pants day, everybody in London goes to work just in their underwear. Pants, I just realized pants is something different, yeah. Okay, in my trousers. Maybe instead of coming to church loud and jumping up and down and doing this and doing the other because I want attention, I need attention, I need, I need, I need, I need to start to learn to take on the responsibility to act and move in a way that people will love me and accept me and want to stay in my presence, want to stay with me. But sometimes because we're hurt, we push people away by the way that we act, by the way that we portray ourselves. But because we are family and God's Spirit dwells within us, we pick this up and we're realizing that those people need to be loved on, need to be encouraged, need to be inspired. So I take on the responsibility of becoming a disciple. I take on the, I take on the responsibility of being accepted. I take on the responsibility of being in the right mind. See, we find him seated at Jesus' feet. We find him dressed, no longer naked, the responsibility of being accepted. We find him at Jesus' feet in the right mind, it says the text. So we take on the responsibility of thinking of ourselves like Christ thinks of us. But because we've taken on the responsibility of being disciples, we know his voice, we know his heart. So as we take on the responsibility of right mind thinking, we know who we are in Christ. And because we know who we are in Christ, we are restored. We are raised up. And then eventually we get released into the kingdom. I need to take on the responsibilities. It's not automatic. Healing is not always automatic. There is a process, but there's got to be a good desire, willing to be healed. See, Jesus said to the man, do you want to be made whole? Do you want a glass of water? I know you're thirsty. Do you want a glass of water? Strange. But Jesus had to see the willingness of this guy, his willingness to be made whole, to be healed. And there's got to be a willingness on our behalf. I want to be made whole. And because I want to be made whole, I will take on my responsibilities to get to be healed and to made whole. Not to expect everybody else to be at our beck and call. Not everybody else to be doing all the hard work. Not everybody else using all the energy that they have just for me. Because I want the attention. I have to be the center of everything. I have to take on my responsibilities. I want to be a good disciple because I want to become a disciple of disciples. I want to be a man that allows people to want to stay with me, who want to fellowship with me, that want to encourage me and be inspired by me. So I take on the responsibility of being accepted. 
See, this guy who was running around naked around the, the tombstones, there is no way that somebody would say, oh, I'd love to be with him. No way. And sometimes I ask myself, do people want to stay with me, have fellowship with me? Do they see Jesus in me? Do they find encouragement? Do they find hope? Do they find inspiration? Or is it, or, or is it just about me, what I want, what I want to get? Because this is not what we call to into family. We're called to love one another, encourage one another, inspire one another, believe in one another. This is family. Often I'm the type of person, that, in Italian they say, the guy that jumps in front of the train before it arrives. So I'll explain. I think below myself. I always say to people, don't ask me to do this because I can't do it. I always say to people, I'm not good. I'm not good enough. I always say to people, this is one of my issues that I need to get over. I need to be healed from. And I need to take on that responsibility. To the responsibility of thinking right of oneself. See, a lot of us, we, we think below what we really are. And we need to get out of it. We need to get out of that habit. It becomes a habit. So in becoming a habit, we proclaim our future. We prepare the road that we're taking on. So I need to take on the responsibility if I want to be made whole, not only to know him, not only to be accepted by others around me, but I need to take on the responsibility of thinking of all that is good, that is whole, that is encouraging, that is fulfilling, that is inspiring. The way that we think of ourselves, that's what we become. Believe it or not. The power of speaking out. So this man, the verse says, seated at his feet, disciple, dressed, accepted, in his right mind. It's very easily done in our society. Because one thinks differently from me, I don't want to have anything to do with him. The hardest part of the journey is when we don't need others to judge us, but we judge ourselves, not according to whom we are in Christ, but by the way we see ourselves. We look in the mirror and we put daggers into our own body because we look in the mirror and we don't see whom we are in Christ, but we see who we think we are in the mirror. So we need to start believing in ourselves first before we can start believing in others. Because healing starts first in us. And once we are healed, we can serve others and minister to others. So not only, and I'm, I'm cutting this short because I'm starting to come to a conclusion. And when the pastors say we're coming to a conclusion, in our Italian culture, it can go on for another couple of hours. <laughs> so not only we take on the responsibility of becoming a disciple, the responsibility of being accepted, the responsibility of positive thinking. And the biggest lie that we have in our society today is that the world says you are no good. The world judges you by the standards or by what you wear or by your titles or the, the, how big your car is or how big your house is or how, many, um, how much money you've got in your... This is what the world judges on family, us. We don't 
judge. We don't think bad. We don't criticize. We don't backstab. But we think of others as Christ thinks of us. But we're all on a journey. I'm on that journey. I've got to learn every day. I've got to learn every morning to wake up and look in the mirror and say, Vincent, I love your blonde, your blonde hair and your blue eyes. And I love the fact that you've got a beautiful body. Mm, put on your glasses. <laughs> uh, we have to encourage ourselves. And because we know him, because we are his disciples, we know what he thinks of us. You're beautifully made, knitted together. His spirit dwells within us, this, va this vase of clay. Christ has shed his blood on the cross for us. So we don't think of ourselves below what we are. But then there's the other extreme where we think of ourselves way beyond than what we really are. And those two extremes will eventually destroy us. We take on the responsibility of discipline. Verse 39. I'm leaving some stuff out. This man said to Jesus, he was demon-possessed, but now he's free. He says, I want to come with you. And Jesus says, no, you go home. The responsibility of discipline. In my culture that I work in, you say discipline, you'll empty out the church. Because Italians don't like discipline. But they don't understand discipline in the kingdom. See, you say discipline in Italian, they think you're going to beat them up. You're going to rob their money. You're going to send them a fine. Call the cops on them. But we're talking in the kingdom, in family. If we want to live in harmony, we need to take on the responsibility of being disciplined. Know our place. Know our responsibilities. Know our roles. Serve for the best of others, not for ourselves. Being committed to others, to the work, to the vision. It's about others. Cain said to God, when God said, where is your brother? Cain replied, am I my brother's keeper? The answer is today still the same. Yes, you are. Yes, I am. I am my brother's keeper. And to be able to look out for my brother, to allow him to be restored, raised up and released, I need to take on the responsibility of discipline because I want the best for those that are around me. And I'm going to conclude now. Take on the responsibility, verse 39, of speaking words of life. Jesus said this to, this to the man, go home and declare the great things that God has done for you. What is my speech like? What do I say to others? Am I an encourager or someone that pulls down? Do I build up or do I discourage? What do I declare? Not only on myself, but on those that are part of my family. Speak words of life declaring what God has done in your life. So what are you declaring upon your family? Uni Hill. Uni Hill East. I'm closing now. And the last responsibility I take on, the responsibility of living and moving in my destiny. 
What is your destiny? The kingdom of God. We're in the kingdom of God. We're destined to eternal life. And on the journey that we are on together, our responsibility is to declare the great things that God has done. And in declaring the great things that God has done for me, that can do for you. We are living and moving in our destiny. And that is to build up. That is to inspire. That is to encourage. And sometimes also to challenge people to become better than what they think they can reach to. So we're in the business of restoring. We're in the business, and I use business in not the term of worldly business, but in the calling of not only restoring, not only building up, but we're in the calling of sending out. But we can only do this once we take on our responsibilities of wanting to be whole, made whole, made complete, be healed, so healing can flow through us and into others. But there are responsibilities. And for, the, and for those that are, past, are going through a hard, difficult time, let me encourage you. Don't let the hard and difficult momentum, moment of time stop you from achieving what God has got for you in your future. It's only for a moment, but God will use what is negative, He'll bring into the positive. So my, my question is, Vincent, do you want to be my whole? Wow. Uh, just before I move on in both locations, if everybody's able to close their eyes just for a moment. Do you know, I love the word we just heard. That there's a God in heaven that loves you enough to send His only Son to make a way for you to find family, for you to feel good about yourself for you to be forgiven and in right relationship with God. So with every eye closed across this place, I don't know if there's anybody here in this room or any other room that we're in today that you don't know what it is to know Jesus as your best friend, to know Jesus as a God that can make a way for you to find out who you truly are. So with every eye closed, the reason why I ask that is I just want privacy. If there is anybody in this room that you might not know what it is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ in both locations, if that's you, would you raise your hand right now? Just wave it to me just so I can pray with you. Dear Heavenly Father, right now we thank You that we do have a relationship with Jesus. And Father, we pray that You would help us to be the vessel, to be the light in a dark place that represents You to a world that is hurting, that is broken, that is cynical, that is judgmental, and find a God that, despite all of that, pours out grace and mercy and love. We thank You for it. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Isn't it incredible that what Vincent does in Italy is what we do here. To see people restored to God and His purpose, raised up in their calling, and then one day released into that call of God, whether that's to business, whether that's to ministry, whether that's to mothering or fathering, whatever it is, it's the call of God that He has for your life. But as I listened this morning, I felt the burden 
They kept coming back to take on personal responsibility. For those of you that are in this room that may be mature in your work and your walk with God, I now ask you, would you take on the responsibility to give because as you give, you enable others to be released. This last two weeks has really been about our, our building, uh, our, our building of our missions. That's cross-cultural. And yesterday I was at a wedding and, and I saw and witnessed something that I'll never forget for the rest of my life. There is a young man and woman at our East location, Marcus and Kaylee Waterman. And they had this most beautiful wedding day. It was incredible. Give me a wave if you love weddings. Oh man, oh man, being a dad takes it to a whole nother level. But what happened is the day had come and gone and finally the last speech of that day was Marcus. Marcus is about to launch into a new season of his life leading his family, his own family. And he chose in that moment to honour his mum and his dad in a way that I'd never seen before. He honoured his dad by saying, you know, people describe you and describe me as looking the same physically. He says, I'm balding like you. He says, I'll have a bum chin like you. He says, all these things they used to describe to me, dad, about what I'm gonna be. And he said, you know what? I used to take it as an honour. He said to his father, if I could be like you, it would be a success. He then goes on to honour his mum. He goes on to tell us that there's been a story and a song that he's been contemplating for eight years for this moment. He surprised her with a mother-son dance. And they just hugged. It was so honouring. But for me, as I reflected, I thought what maturity he had to not miss the moment. What depth he had in his maturity to not be able to miss the moment that he could honour. And the thought that came to me is this, that with greater maturity should come a greater level of honour. He had the ability not to miss the moment and was able to give an appropriate level of high honour to the situation. We're maturing as a community. I want you to have a look at this slide that will come up behind me about our missions giving over the past uh, three years. If you look at 2017 and 2018, there wasn't much of a shift, but we were maturing as a community. Last year, when we introduced for the first time faith promise giving, Faith promise giving is that you determine in faith an amount that if God was able to bring into your life and you were able to pass on, that was extra, what would that amount would be? In 2019, we introduced that for the first time at our very first mission summit. And what I'm so proud about that figure is around 25,000 was promised and look what came in. But we're maturing as a community. We've moved to two locations and I would ask that we would be mature enough not to miss the moment. You see, 
For us, it's making a decision to give in faith. But by your faith, you're releasing leaders upon leaders, even in a nation that is not our own, even to a generation that may not be your own. See, we're having an influence in Europe because we partner with Youth Alive Italia. We partner with people in England, in the Philippines. There are currently a young couple from our church in Vanuatu ministering. James and Beck, James is calling himself Reggie Dabs 2.0. But because of our faith and our giving and our ability to take up the call in the moment, we're releasing people all over the world to preach and to spread the good news that it is of Jesus Christ, to be loved, to be accepted, to take on the responsibility right now in this moment to be able to release others. I wanna let you know that this year our church has given more than we ever have before. We've given to launch a campus. We've given to launch into a new state of Hope Tour. God has continued to be faithful every time April and I have increased our giving in faith and every time God has brought it in because we are adamant that we will lead a community by example and we will see people released into the call of God for their life. We will do this every year we are in existence because we will think beyond ourselves and beyond this nation. So what I want you to do, every person in this room, I want you to grab the card. It should be in front of you in the chair. And I just wanna explain to you ways that that you can give. Now, I wanna let you know, it says this in 2 Corinthians before we give this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. This is Paul taking up an offering for another community in Jerusalem that were hurting and that needed help. And he said this to them, each one must. See, in another translation, it could say should, but it says must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. In the context here, we wanna give cheerfully as we release others. So what we have on a card is we can see on the screen behind us ways that you can give. What we have in the middle is a credit card option. There'll be people in this room that maybe you feel in your heart to give a one-off offering today. Praise God for your faith. But what we wanna believe, the way that you can have a greater impact would be if you do a faith promise. That's when you write down an amount on that card that you believe that whether it's monthly, you go, hey, this is the amount I'm believing in faith we can continue to release out of our budget with wisdom, with conviction and with joy, not being pressured into this, but you give in faith going, we wanna see people released all over the world and we can partner with it. What we want you to do is we want you to fill that card in and then put it in the container today. Now that container and why you're putting it is it just helps us with our budgeting so that we know how much your faith promising, but then we want you to set it up as a direct debit in your account so that it comes across every month. Filling in the card is just helping us to be aware. So what I wanna do right now is I wanna give you a moment as I pray to fill in that card. Now, if you didn't come prepared today, that's okay. You can, you can put them over the month, but we, I would ask that you would, you would move today because often if you stall, you don't move. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for every person in this room that today is giving faithfully. Babe, would you come up? I wanna hold ours. you're with your spouse, why don't you hold hands with them? April's been in a moon boot all week. 
It's supposed to come off on Wednesday, but she doesn't like the fashion statement, so it's off now. Dear Heavenly Father, right now, Lord, I thank You for the ability to not miss the moment. I thank You for the ability that we live in a country that has given us an abundance already just by being here. So Lord, as we give to You today, as we, Father, increase, because we believe, Lord, that You are maturing us and stretching our faith, Lord, I pray that You would do the same across our community. That, Lord, we do not give, Lord, to build a kingdom for ourselves, but we give, Lord, to release ministry that is Jesus-focused all over this world. So right now we pray for every nation we are involved in, Lord. We pray for Italy. We pray for England. We pray for Vanuatu. We pray for Philippines. We pray for the trip later this year to Thailand. Lord God, I thank You that, that we are a church that not only believe in mission, but we are a church that is on mission. And Lord, I pray that we would give in faith. In Jesus' name. If you need a pen, I just want you to raise your hands just for a moment and, and um, I can stall um, uh, for a moment as you fill out the cards. Why don't, we, why don't we test something real quick? I want everybody in the East location, why don't you get out your phone and the first person that texts me to do an action, as long as it's appropriate, I will do it right now. Uh, so we will see. I know that somebody's already texted me earlier in the service, they want me to do a twist. That wasn't a twist. I don't know what that was. I felt like it wasn't manly enough. I'll do that. <laughs> do that better. Hey, why don't we give right now? If you're able to give, there are containers on the left-hand side. Thank you for your generosity. Dear God, I just pray for every person in our community. I just pray that wherever they're at in life, Lord, I pray that You would bless them as they continue to make their focus Jesus, as they continue to make their priority Jesus. Lord, we live for You. You're a wonderful God. You're a counsellor, Lord. You're a convictor. You're a strengthener. And Lord, I am so grateful that You are our King. We love You and I thank You for the faith in this room today. Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God is good, isn't He? All the time. Hey, I don't know if you can get a wide angle, Andrew. Why don't we all turn around and wave goodbye to our East location? Thank you, everyone. Oh, yeah, I need to check my phone just quickly. Wait a sec, wait a sec. Um, I've been texted by somebody in our congregation to say, wear a kilt. I will not wear a kilt. Um, I've been texted by somebody else to say, dance. Uh, that's not a problem. Um, and someone's asked me to do a push-up. So just before we wave goodbye again, I'm just going to do a push-up, one push-up. Watch my form. Do you know that I get our staff to do a workout every Tuesday at our church? And they avoid it like the plague, I tell you what. We love you, East Location. Praise God for you. We love you. Goodbye. Praise God. Why don't we finish with a song of celebration? Band, run up quick to that last minute. Why don't we all stand as we put the pressure on the band to run? Haven't they done a fantastic job this morning? 
awesome. Just want to thank uh, you guys for everything that you continue to do, and sorry for not warning you earlier. Just an awkward moment. <laughs> Great word, Vince. Great word. Amazing. All right, let's go. Thanks, Nathan. Leap. Do the worm. Do 10 star jumps. Message failed. And do the chicken dance. So next time I'll ask them to send text messages earlier. <laughs>